Welcome to the Habibi Life Podcast, where we share practical advice to help you live an abundant life. Our goal is to help you fall in love with yourself by providing information and inspiration to help you reach your highest and healthiest potential. This is Episode 8, Food, Choice, and Power. Owning your part in your life choices can be quite a challenge. Owning it means you admit you had choice. Owning it means you admit that you had power. And we don't always like that. We don't like to admit that we have the power to shape our lives in the way that it helps us reach our highest and healthiest selves. And we definitely don't like to admit that we have choice or power when it comes to food. So what do we tell ourselves? We didn't want to be rude. We didn't want to be difficult. That's all that was available. We don't know how to cook. We don't have time to cook. Blah, blah, blah. At some point, our bodies start to reflect those choices in the way that we look, the way that we feel, and the way that we function. So when do you decide to own up and take action? If a protest is already bubbling to the surface in that psyche of yours, relax. The reality is more people tend to stay in the protest or excuse-making space than not. It's comfortable there. We can blame everything outside of ourselves for why we make the choices that we do. Some people go their entire lives without ever evolving this very human behavior. So if you're one of those people, don't be hard on yourself. What you should know is you do not have to exist in that space if you don't want to. You can evolve from this space and actually take control of what happens to your body from the inside out. Okay, how do we do that? The first step is to make a decision. Not an I'm going to try to do better declaration or whatever half-baked commitment you can think of. When we dilute intentions with words that give us a trap door to escape our promises, we do a major disservice to ourselves. So when you make the decision to make better food choices, actually make that decision. Say it loud. I will take responsibility for my nutrition. Now say it again. Okay. Now that you've made a real decision, You have to figure out how to make that decision a reality. Before you hop on the internet and try to find the perfect program that fits your financial and food-related needs, stop. This is a big decision, and a drastic change all at once is just about scientifically proven to backfire, because you are not about to start a diet. Quite the contrary, you are about to embark on a life change. And changes like this, they take time, research, and real consideration. The best way to start is from where you are right now. That means your home. What have you stocked in your home that's keeping you from your highest and healthiest self? Shine some light on the things that are literally the closest to you. Open up your refrigerator, open up your cabinets, your pantry, your office drawer where you store the snacks to consume while you work. We see you. 
and maybe even your nightstand for those times when you get the munchies right before bed. Now, bring them all together and follow through on your decision. What are you going to do with all those snacks? If you started protesting about how you're not going to throw them out because you paid good money for them and how you're not wasteful and whatever other excuse you formulated to resist saying goodbye to those precious snacks, pause. Now take a deep breath. Ask yourself what you are really resisting. Not sure? Here, let me help. You're resisting change. It's okay. Who likes change? No one. Change sucks. Change means discomfort. And at our core, we do not want to be uncomfortable. We dislike change so much that some of us can spend an entire lifetime avoiding it. We all have at least one person in our lives who is resistant to change or paralyzed by the notion. And if you don't know anyone like that, well... Take a look at those snacks. Now, take a look in the mirror. Plus, you know, you don't have to throw the snacks away. We agree that it's wasteful. Pay them forward to someone less interested in change. Take them to work and leave them in the break room. Wait, do break rooms still exist? Since the pandemic, so much has changed. And now, maybe so might you. So figure out what to do with the snacks and let's move on to the next thing. What do you keep around in terms of actual food? Do you have ingredients in your home to prepare meals? Do you have ready-made meals from the freezer section of your local grocery store? Or do you have a bunch of takeout containers from your local restaurants? If you're a person who makes excellent reservations, there's still space for you to change within those ingredients and frozen food choices and leftover takeout is a pattern. Why you eat is just as important as what you eat. And if you look at the actual food in your home, you'll probably notice that it caters to your taste proclivities, the way that you budget your time, and even the mood you were in when you purchased any of those things. While you may not remember every reason why certain foods perpetually live in your orbit, you can probably take a look at that dessert and declare that it's in your home because you had had a bad day and you deserved it. There's also a chance that you're buying and eating certain foods simply because they are familiar. Food can often be associated with a feeling or a memory. And if that container of Oreos reminds you of some of the best summer visits at your cousin's house, there's a chance you might want to preserve that memory in every bite. These kinds of habits defy logic, because while you may intellectually understand that some food choices are not the best for you, emotionally you may not care. Tradition and habit is why many of us perpetuate some of the same nutritional pitfalls as our parents but you are not your parents. And if you want to make actual change happen in your life, it's time to be open and honest about why some foods take up space in your home. The more you take a dispassionate look at the food you consume from day to day, or even hour to hour, the more clear you can be with yourself about your choices. 
Removing emotion can help you identify things that keep you from looking and feeling your best and how to direct your choices in a more balanced way. My personal advice is to always be in charge of the food that you put into your body. That means, pause for effect, learning how to cook. Now that didn't used to be such a big deal because about a generation ago, everyone knew how to cook. It was just one of those things you learn in the interest of basic survival. But the landscape is different today. And there are plenty of humans who are completely disinterested in learning how to boil water. That's fine, that's fine. But you literally have no one to blame but yourself if you can't account for what's happening on the inside of your body based on what you're feeding it. I'm just saying. There are other options, like food delivery services. You know, the ones who pack a bunch of perishables in a cardboard box and deliver it to your door so you can put it together for yourself. But that can get expensive over time, making it a less than sustainable option. If you really feel like you don't have the time to put together something on your own, you might need to take stock of how you budget your daily hours. What I always say is that you somehow manage to feed yourself every day. So if you have time to eat, you have time to cook. No one is saying you have to put on an apron and invoke the ghost of June Cleaver. Between social media and just plain old regular media, there are a ton of recipes that take minutes and are full of ingredients that are both good and good for you. So get out there and do some research. See what you can find. One of the other ways we sabotage our health and wellness is with the proverbial social outing. A lot of us develop a when in Rome attitude when we eat out and order the most indulgent thing on the menu. Our justification might be that we're paying someone to make it. So we might as well make it worth our while. Or maybe the justification is that life is short. It isn't, by the way. And we just want to enjoy ourselves. Pause. See how we just equated unhealthy or detrimental food choices with happiness and healthy food with potential misery? Mm-hmm. Moving on. There's also a high likelihood of choosing detrimental foods while we're out because everyone else is doing it. Maybe we don't want to stand out or appear difficult. And now we're back to blaming everyone and everything around us for the food choices we make. This is a practice in actively giving up choice and actively giving up power. And if it happens enough times, you may find yourself trying to figure out how and when things got so out of control. So how do you navigate going out? Check out the menu ahead of time. Check out the restaurant and the ratings. Figure out what looks good to you and keeps you in line with your nutritional goals. Then decide what you're going to order before you ever step foot in the place. Choose several items in case the kitchen is out of one thing or another. And be prepared to pivot on the spot quickly and effortlessly. If you regularly go out with a group of friends or family, consider rotating the places where you choose to eat. Let each person in the group choose and open the entire collective up to new experiences. Who knows? You might end up influencing someone else to take a look at their own nutritional choices. 
I have a personal rule about eating out. You don't have to agree or follow it, but hear me out. Don't take a to-go box. When you eat at the restaurant, what you eat is what you eat. You don't need to take the restaurant food home to potentially sit and rot or perpetuate whatever decision you made about your food choices the night of. If you're uncomfortable leaving it at the restaurant because they're likely going to throw it out, then make the choice to share a little of your good fortune. That is, pay it forward to someone who might need it. I live in a state where many people are unhoused, and there are plenty of people who would enjoy a lovely meal. So if you pack your food to go, and you know of someone who can use it, consider giving it to them. Oh, and don't take dessert to go. You know that ends up being the answer to the midnight munchies, right? And you already starred in that movie. So if you're full from your meal, especially if you haven't actually finished your meal, and the waiter asks you if you want to see the dessert menu, guess what the answer is? Right. Restaurants are not an excuse to shove as much food in your body as humanly possible in the name of an experience. They are also not a one-off. Unless the restaurant is going to shut down before you get to visit it again, there's a good chance that you'll have another opportunity to experience plenty of the culinary delights that it has to offer. So slow down and actually allow yourself to enjoy the food as it comes, one bite at a time. Take the time to socialize with the other human or humans that made you visit the restaurant in the first place. Eating out isn't just about food. It's about everything from the ambiance of the physical space to the company you're keeping. So step beyond the menu and really immerse yourself in the experience. Whether you're eating out or eating in, it's a good idea to keep track of what you're eating and when you're eating. Doing this will help you gauge how you're treating your body with food and drink, especially during times of emotional unrest. It will help you make conscious decisions about the best way to nourish your body and help you make choices about how to make your health and wellness goals a reality. Now, if you're resistant to this exercise, we get it. Sometimes food diaries and food accountability in general is associated with an often toxic diet culture. But keep in mind that unconsciously consuming whatever, whenever, is just as dangerous. When you are unaware of what's happening from the inside out, you are often stuck with the consequences of mindless choices long after the moment has passed. Now, we are not suggesting that you obsess over every morsel that passes your lips. We are merely encouraging you to be aware of the times of day that you eat, what might be happening during that time that is not associated with hunger, and how you might consciously balance your nutrition to help you reach your highest and healthiest potential. You'll find that as you consciously make choices, you steadily take back your power over food and the environment that may have contributed to detrimental choices in the first place. Food is not the enemy. It is a means of nourishment and pleasure. We should not be afraid of it, but we should be aware of it. 
understanding how food can help you be your very best and making choices to support that understanding is the first step towards making the most of your health and wellness endeavors. We hope that you found this information helpful. And if you'd like to learn more, please be sure to download the latest issue of Habibi Life magazine. There is plenty of information about food and fitness to help keep you happy and healthy all season long. You can find the issue on HabibiBody.com, HabibiBodySport.com, and HabibiLife.org. We are off next week, but we'll be back October 31st. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you'll join us when we come back for the next episode.